Just want to be sure that I'm good with sound. Got you. Cool, cool. Hey, Manny, are you there? <clears throat> Come off mute for a sec. Sorry, I've been triple muted. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I would take the tape off my, my mouth, too. Oh, that one, too. Oh, very cool. So your practice, <laughs> practice uh, nose breathing, is that it? <laughs> no, not quite, but yeah. Um, hey, Griffin, uh, hopefully you are back because we got a good quote for you. I am here. All right, uh, get sharpen your pen. There's a good one coming. So, Manny, what was the quote you sent to me on the break? Yeah, so I was just I've been reading "Success Is Not an Accident" again. I've read it for I think this uh, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've been going through the book, and I'm just going through it just to uh, relook at my trading plan for the year. But one of the quotes that I came across that I just shared with Hanson over the break was, "No one plans to become mediocre, rather." Mediocrity is the result of no plan at all. So again, no one plans to become mediocre. Rather, mediocrity is a result of no plan at all. And I just thought that was huge for me personally. And I just missed that completely when I have read and reread the book. And I just wanted to share with you all. Isn't that crazy? I mean, here, like you said, you've read the book three, four times already. And it didn't jump out at you. And you may not even have remembered ever reading that quote, right? And then your next time going through the book, it it bongs you over the head like a hammer. Oh, yeah. There's a and guy. Like, Go ahead, sorry. I don't know who that was. Oh, go ahead, Manny. That wasn't me talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and to your point about missing stuff on the book, I've read it a couple of times. There was a diagram in here that I completely missed too. <laughs> how, how crazy is that? Like you miss, I miss a fucking picture. <laughs> that part's funny. That well, you know what's crazy on that? That used to happen with me as a kid looking at Dad's Playboy magazines. I was so focused on the articles. What was the name of the, which book was he speaking of again, please? Um, success is not an accident. It's on the original POWs list. I have the name yeah, of Tommy great. Newsom. Yeah, great book. Thank Tommy you. Newberry. Or Tom Newberry, sorry. Yeah, that's a good book. <clears throat> yeah, it, but it is, it does point to uh, the reading list as you go through it. And, you know, you, you change each time you read the book or sorry, well, you're not the same person you were when you read the book the first time. And there's been growth, change, whatever other things have have happened to you, and you you become a different, somewhat different person in the way you think, and the words resonate with you differently. And in the case of Manny, in this page, in this instance, he actually put on his glasses for the page and realized that there was a diagram that hadn't been there, that he had that had been there before, but I'd never noticed it. So, yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> cool. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for the share. Other uh, questions or comments that came up on the break before we move on? <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so next thing we're going to talk about then is your financial house. Yeah, it's been a, a couple of minutes talking about the primary accounts there. First thing to think about is the 
the purpose of the trading account and the purpose of it is to make a brick proper entry intelligent exit done according to plan the roi is not relevant the amount of the dollar gain is not relevant what is relevant is your win streak of properly executed trades and so my focus or the questions that i'll ask of a fast track student is what's your brick rate and then within that what is your batting average for those bricks if you hear me you know we pow starts up in a couple of weeks you all should hopefully have seen that already if you weren't aware go on the website click on the products tab and you can sign up for the upcoming pow session i think it starts on october it's the day after the mixer it starts on the 8th and you sign up there and when you listen to me talk to the people in that audience i'm going to talk about win rate and a rate of ROI just because people think at that level you're thinking in terms of the number of wins that you've got and the size of the gain as you get deeper into this it really is just become a, it becomes more about doing the process executing the process correctly making the brick and <clears throat> the batting average that you see as a result of doing the bricks so the objective for each trade you do is simply just to trade it properly and you do that consistently and then you do it again and you do it again and then you do it again a goal you might set or might be would be to set a personal record or a personal objective of how many consecutive trading account trades that you can do that follow the rules <clears throat> so an objective for yourself is how many consecutive trades following the rules do you do Second thing to talk about is the purpose of the income account and the answer for that or the purpose of that. The answer is to allow the choice for you to do something different from your nine to five job. If you choose to the, the, in, the purpose of the income is income account is not about leaving the workforce and checking out a productive site uh, out of productive society, but rather it's to give you the, the opportunity or the freedom to pursue whatever endeavor you want without the concern for the paycheck that comes with doing that. And then with the LTH, the purpose of the LTH, it's a place to store wealth and over time to grow it slowly. So slow, to, I can't speak today, <clears throat> to slowly grow it over time. What you're really doing is you're moving money out of harm's way. And the harm is actually you. So if you find that you're losing sleep over the stocks that are in your LTH, that might be a personal indicator to get, to move your money into stocks that don't keep you up at night. We're not doing this to get stressed out. It's not the intent. <clears throat> You'll notice the answer on all of these, it's all about making a brick. And then you're moving the money from one account to another. So from your trading account to your income account, and then ultimately over into the LTH. And so the purpose, and so, and you realize, and you've heard me say, the purpose of the class is all about the long-term holding account. How are your LTHs doing? <clears throat> and again, you're establishing them by making bricks in the other two accounts or, or multiple accounts now with fast track other accounts there. And then you move that money eventually over into the LTH. And the dollars in the LTH, when, they're first, when it's first moved in, it just sits there in cash, it sits in the money market account waiting for an opportune time to buy each individual or whichever individual LTH 
shows a signal in that four or five month period from July through October. <clears throat> What's interesting is to achieve the, uh, I have it in my notes to achieve the status of a millionaire and status is probably the wrong, wrong word to achieve the level of a millionaire. Most people think the hill is, is too steep and whether it's due to time or knowledge or dedication, and they think that the competition is fierce. But the reality is it's something like only, I think it's 2% of the US adult population has a net worth that's north of a million. Only 2% of the adults. And the medium net, median, sorry, the median net worth in the US is somewhere in the range of 120K. So about an eighth of a million dollars. An average income in the US is in the range of about 40 grand. It's a little bit under that last time I saw it. <clears throat> now, think of that. There are lots of people who make very high salaries, but they owe more than what they're earning. So they've got debt beyond their annual income. The goal is to have a large net worth. And I spoke earlier about being debt free. What happens is if you have no debt, then the gains from your trades builds up very quickly but because you're not having to reallocate the gains to pay off yesterday's expenses, i.e. debt. <clears throat> Excuse me. For those that do have a 401k, there's something like, it's less than 2%. I think I saw a number was one and a half percent have more than a million bucks in the 401k account. Now that might be a hint that maybe that's not the place to generate wealth. It doesn't mean you don't participate but it does tell you to be cognizant of where you're putting your focus. And of those who are eligible to participate in a 401k, something like in the range of about half of them actually do participate. And of those who participate in the 401k, a majority of people put equal amounts of money in every alternative or every choice that's offered, which leads them to believe that they're safe, sound, and well diversified. And the other choice that a lot of people do is they put all their money into the money market choice, which is basically a savings account. So if you think about it, in this country, there's no competition to becoming wealthy. The poor and the mediocre quit because they think it takes too much effort and or it's too hard. Remember, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but thinking that you're going to get different results. Without doing something different, you have no right to expect that things are going to change. And you cannot do what the non-wealthy do and expect to become wealthy. It doesn't make any sense at all. So next thing to talk about is a plan for getting out of debt. Um, I'm very rigid in my belief that everyone should have no debt. <clears throat> which means in order to get there, you got to first make the decision to get out of debt. And then once you decide that, you never finance another thing. Everything you buy is for cash. And if you have no cash, you can't, you don't buy it. I know you put on a credit card and you pay it off the next day or, you know, um, make 10 bucks because you get the cash back feature on the card or whatever your, your payout rate is. I don't care. If what you're buying is big enough that you'll notice the 2% cash back, then maybe, but since you're in debt already, maybe you shouldn't be buying it in the first place. There's another way to think about it. You get into 
once you've fulfilled your financial needs or you know the the needs for living housing utilities etc <clears throat> i think it was my let where i had first heard this and i remember hearing another guy talk about it a long time ago and he had said whatever your salary is one tenth of that is what you can allocate towards purchasing a car so if you make 100 grand a year you can only afford to buy a ten thousand dollar car and you have to buy it in cash i thought oh that's really interesting it's like man that means people that are driving uh you know a lexus for 30 40 grand they're probably not even that much, they're probably not even that cheap now that says that person using that guy's uh, metric has to be making three to four hundred grand a year to be able to afford a thirty or forty thousand dollar car and some of you think uh wait a minute i don't even make 200 grand i make 100 or 150 grand and i drive a 35 or a forty-five thousand dollar car but imagine if you had, if you'd only bought a ten or fifteen thousand dollar car, whatever the math is for your salary, look at the extra dollars you would have if you paid cash, and if you financed it. Imagine your payment being gone. Just totally different way to think. <clears throat> but in order to get out of debt, one way to do it: list every debt you've got, uh, range them from the largest to the smallest, and then what you do is you cut every expense down to the bone. So that means no more steak. You're eating hamburger. Um, you cut out your cell phone. I've said that to people. I'm like, what? I can't live without my cell phone. Really? Try it. See what happens. Give it a shot. Try to do it without your phone for a couple of days. You think, well, whoa, 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 whoa. but what about when people text me? Unless you've got some business going on where the bulk of your business is in text, you'd be amazed what you can do without. You can look to cut cable, save yourself 100 a month or whatever they're charging. Go into severe austerity mode. Stop every expense that is not my life depends on it. So no eating out, no vacations, no soft drinks. You're just drinking water, no beer, no steaks on the grill. Because think of it this way, if you lost your job, you would be forced into severe austerity mode anyway. So try it now just simply as a challenge. And you'll find it be much more stressful if you're forced into it by circumstance. You can look to sell everything that is not a necessary item. Because you're not grilling on the grill, you could sell the grill. And you put every dime on selling your unnecessary items into the debt elimination plan. And you look for every extra penny that you can to make, or every extra penny you can make in extra income. You know, pick up bottles and cans, take overtime at work, find a second job. Look for every way to cut expenses even further. And then each month, you make the minimum payment on every debt you owe, no matter the balance. Then you take every remaining dime and you pay it toward the debt with the smallest balance. You don't worry about savings. You don't have a what if fund. There's no emergency fund. You put every dime towards that smallest debt. And you sit here, I've said this to people like, wait, what? No emergency fund? Like, no. Well, what if I have an emergency? You're going to put it on your credit card anyway. Why pay interest on something that doesn't make any sense? It's just going to sit there waiting for an emergency to happen. If you got to draw on it, you draw on it when you need it. <clears throat> Once that smallest balance is paid off, 
then you do the exact same thing with the next, next smallest debt. And you repeat it over and over and over until you pay off the largest debt on your list. Most people, that's a mortgage. I can make the argument whether or not to pay off the mortgage. I would have said a couple years ago, by all means, get rid of it. I can see now with, if you picked up a mortgage that was dirt cheap, if you have the means to pay it off, <clears throat> the T-bills are paying five, five and a quarter, almost five and a half percent. If your mortgage is down in the threes and you can, if you could write a check and pay off the mortgage or you could roll the money into a T-bill, pick up another couple of percentage points, I, I can make that argument. As much as I don't like debt, that one to me makes sense. But that's got to be a, your choice thing. You just want to think about that. But I promise you, if you have debt, and once you get out of debt, I've said this to people many times, what I, want, what I would urge you to do is when you're making that last payment to get out of debt to pay off the last bill, stand on the bathroom scale and then write the check. And it'll be, I've heard, haven't done it, I've heard you, once you write that check, you will see the needle move on the bathroom scale. That weight get li gets lifted off your shoulder. It's like you went on a diet. You'll see the, the number will get a little bit lower. It's a very, 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 I wouldn't even say it's a cool feeling because I haven't had debt. But people that I that have had and get out of it, boy, they get a smile that's on their face. You cannot wipe it off. So cool. All right, Chris, are you back now? I'm here. Yep. You want to, uh, should I flip it over to you? Any questions on this before we move on to charts? All right, sir, let me flip it over to you. So we're doing the market and sectors? Correct. 